you want to introduce yourself and give a little background about, I know you work in the TRIO office here at MSU, and that's how I know you, but I know you do much more yeah. as well. Yeah, well, uh, my name is Elizabeth Marum, um, and I can't think of a more interesting person to have a conversation <laughs> with, Becca, because I think you ought to be interviewed, too, <laughs> at some point, and I would love to return the favor, okay. so I'm just putting that out there. Um, I am a, uh, you know, in uh, my sixth decade, <laughs> and um, and I have uh, worked all my life. I've worked since I was 12 or 14. So work is nothing new to me. A lot of people know me through work. Um, but as everyone, as every individual is, you know, we have, we're multi-layered. So I have lived in Belgrade now since... 1996, so that's 22 years. I have lived in Montana for for almost 30. I was born in Southern Arizona and then spent quite a bit of time in Southern California, too. I've never lived on the East Coast. I've always lived in the West, and I appreciate the West. So you're part of this TRIO office, right? So TRIO, I don't know what the acronym stands for. <laughs> I should know, but I don't know, but... You guys are a student support service Correct. Yeah. at MSU. So what does that entail? So TRIO um, is, and, you know, we should we should know this. And we yeah. don't, as, as a staff, we don't make this known to the students. But I made it known yesterday at our open house so that educators could understand. TRIO was instituted in 1996. Oh, no, 1965. Wow. The same year that Medicare, Medicaid, the Voting Rights Act passed. TRIO itself was instituted as part of Robert F. Kennedy's War on Poverty to support students with low incomes and students first generation to college. So disadvantaged students or people who had been underserved, mm -hmm. underserved students. And I think at the time there were, you know, a slate of three distinct programs. Now it's many programs, and it also includes people with disabilities. Yeah. So those are people I enjoy working with, and I appreciate, and it's because we all have brushes with, uh, with challenges throughout our lives, and some of those challenges could be a disability, a temporary immobility, a, a temporary illness, a chronic disease that really cuts into your life in a significant way and you have to readjust your life completely. Loss of income, loss of loved ones, um, children that grow up and leave um, as they're supposed to and become independent. But for some, it's a great loss. For others, it's, um, it's a joy. And uh, because I have worked with uh, this this overall population of people who needed support in a significant way as a community organizer before coming to TRIO, it made me very excited to work in this job. Mm -hmm. And it is not disappointed. You know, I'm always amazed by the diversity that we see, and not just heritage diversity, but I mean like diversity of lifestyles by view of life, by what you're going through. Like really like there's so much contrast between each and every student whenever I come into the office. And that's what amazes me is there's such a contrast and so much 
uniqueness to each student. And I think that's something that maybe is a result of hardship or, you know, having being the underdog in life, you kind of learn how to develop yourself a little bit more because that's the only thing you have going for you at yeah. that point in time. Yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, your, your cohort in the trio office at MSU are amazingly resilient and amazingly hardworking. So you yourself work two or three jobs, and you're a student, and you uh, you have these obligations in caring for loved ones, um, and you are the norm. <laughs> and then there are, you know... And there's rich- students that do more than I do, and I don't know how they do it. I'm like, how do you have a kid, and you do this, and you do that, and you're married, and what, and... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I get that. I raised two boys as a single parent. I see what uh, some of these uh, parents are doing. And I think, how did I ever have the energy to (laughs) do that? And I don't know now. I also know that, you know, as I age, my energy is waning. Mm -hmm. But at the time, it's just, you know, it's one foot in front of the other. And you you have a goal, you set a goal, and you try and achieve that. I often say that college is not those glossy brochures that you get from admissions, that there are some, you know, there's there's roadblocks along the way, and you have to be prepared to take those. But it's not just in college, it's just in life in general. Right. So I have <clears throat> I have used time to develop a belief in small L leadership. And by small L leadership, what I mean is leadership at a really granular level. I mean, this is um, leadership that that anyone can do. People ask you, uh, you know, they they look to you and say, be a leader, be a leader in this, be, um, um, take leadership or ownership of this project. And and it might sound daunting, but if you don't try, you yeah. never do it. And small L leadership is leadership at a granular level where you can um, learn and lead in small ways that are close to you. So this isn't this isn't someone going out and being like, I'm a leader, like I'm going to motivate people. It's like, I'm going to run for president. Right. No, no. It's, it's like uh, when you know of a friend that needs something and you you see or you've talked with them and you know the perfect gift to give them it might be worth you know a buck it might be worth 10 but it's it's just that little thing that they need that would make brilliance in their day mm. in some sort of way and you know that they aren't even aware of that need so leadership in that way is a it's it's small movements in ways that you know that people are helped mm-hmm. and um and that's what I mean in small l leadership small things that are close to you that are close to people, close to the ground, close to the community in which you live. And you keep your eyes open. And there are a lot of opportunities because guess what? There's tons of need. Mm-hmm. You see it at home. You buy better food for family members to eat. You shovel the sidewalk. You 
volunteer to uh, table for an organization that uh, that you appreciate. You pay attention to the news. You pay attention to what's happening in in your college when maybe something bothers you, and you know that um, it's it's people standing up, speaking out, and just numbers that matter. So maybe you're one of, like in the Women's March, mm -hmm. you know, 1,000, 1,200. Maybe you're one of eight, but you're still an important voice. And you've, you've created leadership in yourself, and you've exercised that courage muscle. Mm -hmm. And when you let that courage muscle atrophy, then you think, oh, I can't do anything. Right. But when you exercise it, guess what? You're pumping iron with that courage muscle, and it's getting stronger. And you're thinking, oh, well, I can do more. Mm -hmm. And then that's how small L leadership grows, and it still remains small L leadership. But at some point, maybe it's a capital L leadership. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about leadership in particular is you have to you have to have a disinhibited sense of self almost. You have to be you have to be able to transcend your own ego, your own sense of self to actually see a person or a situation as it truly is in the reality and be able to offer what you can to that situation and know oh, I'm not going to be beneficial in this place or yes, I I can definitely help in this situation. Yeah. You know. Yeah, because you're you don't occupy their skin. You can only occupy your own skin. Right. And so what you can do is ask them what do you need or see a need and say, "May I? Right. Um, would you give me permission to?" But you also can identify issues that are important to you and say, "How can I help?" And usually those issues are a reflection of your values. So right. it's like you value um, access to health care. There's uh, a big action on uh, consistent, consistent access to health care by passing Medicaid expansion in this session of the legislature, for instance. And you know I worked on yeah. Medicaid expansion for five years in, the, in uh, prior sessions to get it to the point where it is. And it's not perfect, but it's okay. Yeah. And it's... It's really, it's helped a lot of the students in this program. It really is. It's cute because, you know, I just say, if they say that they're on Medicaid, it's like, well, you're welcome. Yeah, you've got to see it come full circle. Yeah. And I took, I took like a bunches of people to Helena to testify on that. That's and some crazy. of those hearings were absolutely heartbreaking. Seven hours of testimony before uh, some individuals that really appeared to really care less or simply check a box to get through the process so they could be done with it. And yet uh, the process passed the passed through the legislative process to become law and mm -hmm. and it's worked uh, for four years and now it's quite successful. How cool. How yeah. cool is that? Yeah. What's interesting is as you're talking about small small L leadership is, you know, to me it just seems it's it seems very analogous to just having good character. Like, what does it mean to have good character? Pick up garbage. Like, what does it mean to be true to yourself and authentic with yourself and not lie to yourself about your integrity? Yeah. You know, so it's it's all these attributes that 
I think are being missed in our culture and in our society and especially for younger generations who you know we have it so easy you know there's there's a little integrity there's little you know there's little amounts of compassion there's little authenticity like how authentic are our friendships anymore for instance yeah but you have to craft that so you craft it as you go and i i <clears throat> i kind of disagree with you becca because i think um i think our generation has handed you some pretty gnarly problems and uh we we haven't cleaned up properly after ourselves we have been fairly selfish and and then gathered this notion that you know it's it's you know, I, I built it and i'm going to take advantage of it when in fact we have prospered on the backs of others and others have built this very finely tuned machine called government that has benefited us and now we are in the throes of dismantling some of that to your detriment and our own because because it's not serving us either being mm. selfish is not serving us right and you're right about um this not being an ego trip it's really about benefiting the whole rather than the individual and when we see ourselves as part of a community as part of a whole mm. we do better generally mm. and yeah i mean i know that you know friendships on twitter or facebook or wherever or you know part of a, a meeting or a, a superficial organization they can be you know pretty um pretty passing or not as deep or engaging but i think it, this is my admonition to myself it's like i need to to build those and strengthen those and and that's up to me mm -hmm. um, but you know how often do you see a student who is actually authentic when they say have a great day not yeah. often right but to me yeah. that's a sign of leadership is yeah. being able you know like that's what sticks out in my head when i see a leader is someone who they're you know especially like they're not doing a great gesture. They're just being real and true and yeah. and have integrity about every action that they take. Yeah. You know, and their angle isn't something that is um trying to benefit them. It's it's an angle of, well, what's good for you? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why deep listening is is a very difficult skill and a really needed skill and a wonderful skill if you can do it. But boy, That's what I'm boy. practicing with these podcasts. Yeah, this well, is the secret. No one knows is I'm yeah. secretly learning how to listen through, oh, well, through you, all of these. But when you do, then you learn so much. And by deep listening, then you're getting out of yourself and really trying to appreciate someone else's world. Right. I constantly find myself saying like, well, what is this person really trying to say? Because yeah. they're saying words out of their mouth yeah. and their body yeah. language is telling me something. But what are they really trying to communicate? Because if if a person feels safe around you and you're having a conversation, yeah. there's chances are they're not trying to lie to you. Yeah. They just don't know how to communicate correctly or you don't know how to listen correctly to what they're truly like. Yeah. What is this person really saying? Yeah. So sometimes I think that you can say... Uh, 
you can ask them to rephrase that, or you can say, uh, you use another like leading prompt. Uh, right, like you can question them and be like, you're going to find. Like, can I have clarification, but in different wording? Yeah, and you're going to find the values behind what the issue is. Yeah. Um, and when you can identify that, it's like there's a bridge. You've just crossed a bridge. You know that you have this connection because. Ninety percent of our values are shared, and and they know that you've heard it, and you you understand at least in in a deeper way. Mm -hmm. And know? to tie it back into leadership, I think once someone knows you care, yeah. they'll let you lead them. You know, or they'll, you can or have they'll an come with you, right? Or you can yeah. have an influence over them. Yeah, you know, and hopefully it's a positive one. Yeah, or or at least you know you can share in. A, in a common experience, even if it's, it's not, you know, leading a horse to water. It's, it's coming with a friend to a table. Yeah. And that's, I think, what builds a greater good. And that's uh, what I'm about. <laughs> so I, I know that you, you know me from this office, and I think it's true. But I have always considered myself to be not the big L leader, but connective tissue. Which is an amazing it's, it's the best. It's the best because it's quiet. It's quiet, it's behind the scenes, and yet it gets things done. And yes, I can be in front of the room. And I can be in the front of the room, but I don't have to be. And if I can just uh, make connections spark and introduce you to people that will be helpful or find connections to be made, that's another little gift it's a gift to to us because it helps so what so as connective tissue like what are some of the things you look for when you're playing when you're doing that role when you are operating in that mode most of the time I'm not looking for them most of the time um I'm just uh sitting back and listening right <laughs> listening and then um uh, people say, oh, you know everyone in town. I do not know everyone in town, but I know um, quite a few people, and I know some of what they need or want or are working on, and I'm happy to make those introductions. How much observation of people, how much people watching do you do? In, I in love meetings? people watching. <laughs> I love people watching. I'd much rather just sit back and listen than, than uh, to jabber. But um, I do a fair amount of jabbering, too. But that's what's cool when you have the observations. You know people almost better than they know themselves, perhaps. You know? Or, yeah. or you see areas in their life where they may be blind. In. I, yeah, I think that's it. You see areas where um, you know that there's a block where a a square peg could fit, and you go... That would be fun. So tomorrow um, I'm introducing a dear friend of mine that is felting a wool, a lamb's wool with a bison fiber to three women who have the knowledge of their indigenous communities and maybe they can make a go of it. There is no guarantee and, and yeah. Yeah, that's so cool though. How cool is that to see someone who has a project, they have like, wool and, and bison yeah 
of yeah. fibers. And these ladies have access to bison, and she's got access to wool. She's very much a scientist. But, I mean, uh, these these opportunities are there. You don't really know. You don't go searching for them. You don't, but some days you do. Like um, when we were doing the Presidential Emerging Scholars, you're, you're well, this is like secret behind the scenes of TRIO. <laughs> it's like you're listening for students that have a special curiosity or a special area interest in their field and you try and connect it with some sort of enriching experience that they can have that a presidential emerging scholarship would allow and and those are those are those are crazy scholarships because you can't tell the student you can't really delve in and you have to be like really cagey about it yeah Um, yeah, and you were the beneficiary of one of those. <laughs> I was. That was, I was a blast. That was, again, I was th- scared. Thank you. I'm always thank scared you. about that stuff, but, though. Yeah, so what, so that trip to Nicaragua, the presidential scholar paid for a summer internship, summer courses in Nicaragua to learn Spanish and then shadow in a, in a clinic there, which was amazing and like a little story behind that is like, you want to talk about serendipity. So the day I was awarded, the day I found out like about this presidential scholar was the second year anniversary of me dropping out of school and leaving for Panama. And Panama had this huge string of events that really left me like quite frankly traumatized and really not in a good place. And so I was walking around campus and I was, I got a uh, email from Megan and she was like hey Becca you need to come to this luncheon uh you need to be there I was like oh no like shoot I gotta I forgot so I'm like yeah, walking right. to this luncheon yeah. this whole time my brain is just yeah. reliving the day over and over yeah. and over again as as I left Montana and flew to Panama yeah. like this is the day my day I, my life changed yeah. like this is when I died was this day and I get there and you guys start handing out awards and I'm like why am I here and then I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're handing out scholarships. Yeah. And next thing I know, like, yeah. Rebecca Boylan, and I remember just crying because yeah. I was overwhelmed. And you want to talk about serendipity. Yeah. And, like. Was it healing? I, yes. It was. Every, I had PTSD. <laughs> I would have flashbacks in oh. Panama every time I heard Spanish, Spanish music, any oh. little tiny, like, accent. You know, and I was terrified to go back, yeah. but I knew I had to go back to yeah. to Central America. Yeah. Like, I knew I had to go back yeah. at some point, and I didn't have the funds. Yeah, yeah. You know? And yeah. lo and behold, I get this scholarship to go, and so that made me go see therapy because I was like, I'm going to Nicaragua. Like, I can't go get – I can't have, like, flashbacks every time I hear someone yeah. say, hola. Like, no way. Like – and then I got on, you know, medications. I went to, yeah. I, like, it started the ball yeah. rolling, and it gave me hope <sighs> that I could get better. But if we had asked you about that, you would have said, oh, no, 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 that's like my Parkland. Yes. That's like my Parkland shooting experience, and I cannot do this. Yeah, well, you've only told us, like, a little eensy-beensy. I knew that there was something, but yeah. I didn't know what it was, and I, and I only have, like, little glimpses. But that's the beauty. That's the beauty. You don't see all of an individual all at once, and none of us – well, it's hard enough to see ourselves clearly. Right. Or um, not to lie to yourself. I think yeah. everyone sees themselves perfectly clear. I think we just lie to ourselves about who we are. Yeah. There's something in us, whether yeah. it's our upbringing, says, 
oh, I can't be like this. Yeah, oh, we make I can't up stories. This flaw. And yeah. so we make up excuses for why we have flaws. No, I'm dyslexic when I do math, so I get my threes and twos mixed up. Yeah. Get over it. It took me a long time <laughs> to figure out my family was dyslexic. Really? Yeah, I come from a family of a bunch of civil engineers. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, and I have one son that can read really well, and one son that he's like, you know, reading is not his thing. And I realized, man, I can read a map way better than I can read text. Cool. But yeah. it's just like, okay, we just think differently, and it's all cool. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so much for. Yeah. I think that's so cool. Emerging scholar is like a perfect example of, yeah. of small L leadership. Like, so there's no way I would have ever been able to do it, <laughs> let alone what I had made. If I would have had the funds yeah. and the time, I would have been so terrified. I wouldn't have been able to go. So having someone say like, Becca, we see in you this desire to learn about medicine and culture and and travel and I'm like you know we're in there and they're doing c-sections and and there's two patients to a bed sometimes and and like I love that medicine like my heart I, just loves that medicine I knew you would <laughs> I knew you would and and it's 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 so cool because I mean you have you have seen some of the hardest conditions yourself um and let them that um, I just have this enormous admiration for you. Oh. This is going to be a love fest uh, <laughs> podcast, but I don't care. It is Valentine's Day, back. Valentine's Happy Day. Valentine's. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to leave you before we uh, finish up with um, just a couple of thoughts. And, um, and there, this is part of small L leadership. Okay. Um, but we look at... We look at policies that our government has created, and we go, oh, that's not working. Oh, well, you know, that's not, that's not serving who it needs to serve. And my reminder to myself is always this. People created policies. People can uncreate them. If a healthcare system is good, make it better. Mm-hmm. If a healthcare system isn't working, we got it to that point where it doesn't work. So guess what? We can undo it and we can redo it. It doesn't mean that you have to burn down the building. It doesn't mean that you have to um, totally take out all the underpinnings. But people make policies and they can remake them. And then um, these are things that I used on the panel on Sunday night and it's how to be, how, you know, this is the call to action. This is how you can do things in your own world to be a small L leader. And one of the, one of the first things is. Can I, can I read these? Yeah. Okay. Sure. So a call to action. Stay curious. So stay curious is. Keep your eyes open. Listen. You know, go behind the curtain. Listen to uh, what that really means. Is that what... Who who is... um, Who's making your food? Where did that food come from? Right. Um, What was involved in getting it to the grocery store? Um, uh, Why does that instructor believe 
what they believe? Why do they, why are they in, in that position in the mm-hmm. first place? What made them study that? In the trio office, if someone's having a bad day, is it a breakdown of uh, the person? Is it a breakdown of the system? Is it uh, the weather? Uh, some of the weather can affect people badly. Sometimes uh, it's a, a breakup of a relationship or a, mm-hmm. a bad day or not sleeping or having, you know, brain fog or whatever it is. And, and you know, that could be a host of problems. Yeah. And I would almost add, like, stay curious and give people grace. Like, this is life. Like, someone's being weird. Let them be weird. Who yeah. knows how much sleep they got the night before, yeah. you know? Like, just give people grace to be weird and awkward and a little off-kilter sometimes. Yeah. You know? Believe that people are coming with their best intention. Yeah. Because yeah. if you don't, then the world becomes a terrifying place. Also. And everything <laughs> is against you and yeah. everything's evil. Yeah. And then what good does that do you? You can't live with an open no. heart. You know, you're always, like, uh, just battling dragons at that point. Yeah. So the next point is be an ally. Interrupt and question. Yeah. Well, the other thing is examine your fears. Stay curious and and look at your fears and say, well, does that fear belong? Yeah. Um, Where did that come from? Um, uh, We're all human. We all have biases. We all have fears planted from, you know, even maybe when we were two and, and, you know, waking up from a nap in a crib. um, and how much of our life do we live based out of a fear decision? That's right. Decision versus based out of like right. a love and affection and yeah. positive decision. So you tackled that by um, I'm trying by going to Nicaragua, <laughs> which is so cool. Right. Yeah. So then it's, it's so it's next. It's be an ally. Yeah. Interrupt and question. Yeah. Um, be an ally where it's helpful and needed. You don't put yourself or others in harm's way. You assist where it's um, helpful and and disrupt hatred, negativity, fear where it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. there is healthy anger, and healthy anger is real. But when uh, there is hatred being thrown around, you can just in, interrogate that and, and ask, is that what you really said? Yeah. What do you really mean? Um, um, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you correctly. Can you, re, can you re, restate that? Right. And, and when sometimes when people hear themselves um, say these anger-filled or hateful statements, they realize that, that they're their base self is speaking and that that's not that's not who they want to be maybe it is who they are in a place but we all have you know dark mm-hmm. sides and and yeah. some gnarly parts in our personality but we don't have to be there and we don't have to stay there Mm-mm. and we don't have to inflict it on others right and it's definitely something you can work out yourself and also like i love the idea of not negative criticism but just like hard love 
some of the best advice I've ever gotten. I'll be like talking to a friend and I'll be like, you know, like we're, you're my friend. Like we literally call each other to tell each other like what we're thinking about and yeah. what we're sad about. Yeah. Like that's part of a friendship, yeah. you know, yeah. or at least it should be. Yeah. Or and even I, just safe harbor of being able to bitch. Yeah, bitch. exactly. Yeah. Honestly. You know? Yeah. And just be like, yeah. oh my gosh, you have no idea. Let me just rail off like yeah. everything I have for you. And at the end of it, she was like, Becca, all of that is BS. Like, you're, you're perfect. And she's like, get over it. Like, yeah. stop. No, you don't. Like, no, you're fine. Yeah. Like, you you got this. You're, tr- you're making this way worse than it actually is. And I was like, all right, you're right. And then, like, that was, you know, it was yeah. a little tough love. And I was like... Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I really needed someone to just like smack me upside the head and be like, stop it. And the cloud passes and guess what? The sun can come out. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, Next one is vote. Get get your friends to vote. (laughs) Yeah. Call call members of Congress and help others with the process. Yeah. So this is, um, we are citizens. Um, And we have an obligation to... uh, Pay attention and be engaged. And you know that uh, this is um, one of my core beliefs. But that, you know, just as our government is made up of us, uh, we have an obligation to uh, engage in our government, and we do that by voting. And right now, with uh, so much on the line, now people will say, people have their beginning and their identifications of, you know, where we went off base, but that doesn't matter. What matters is that if we got here, we can we can get to another place. And mm-hmm. if we don't like a policy, again, we can rebuild it. If we don't like our government, we can rebuild it. Um, are we going to rebuild it to a more authoritarian side or a more um, uh, uh, open and a more open society where people can support each other and there can be less greed mm-hmm. and destruction uh, environmentally and socially yeah yeah and you know and despite what people's preferences are politically i think it's you don't have the right to complain if you didn't vote yeah. i really i really believe that like yeah. did you did you participate did you participate <laughs> did you actually talk to other people did you mm-hmm. educate yourself about what's going on in the world and if you didn't i don't want to hear you talk yeah. I don't want to hear you complain. But, you know, but some people, even in our program, they have legitimate concerns about voting. And so mm-hmm. um, uh, they they need help. And they need, uh, so we have one student here yeah. um, who has recently become a citizen. She didn't know she needed to register. Uh, some people who have lived other places in the state and didn't know that they needed to register right. here. Well, it's it's just a matter of having an early conversation and saying, hey, you know, those guys aren't going to share your information with anyone. It's not a big deal. You're not giving your information to Big Brother. This is safe space. You can register to vote on campus. It's not going to hurt you. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And I think it's, you know, the more familiar you become with our political system, the, the more you realize how important it is to be active in it. So sorry you have to read my handwriting. I, know, I did I'm, not I'm write trying, this I'm for you. I'm trying to decipher it. Yeah. Um, quality information. Don't muddy the water. Don't muddy the conversation <laughs> with things you've heard. Become an expert. So this is, again, it's it's interrogating for truth. There's going to be a, um, a seminar given by one of the 
history professors that I really want to go to, but it's getting to the facts. And so it's not just going to Facebook, reading a post and going, oh, yeah, I like that. Um, it's right. actually going to the sources and the source material for right. whatever Twitter or Facebook post you're seeing. Right. Because so often these posts have clickbait, you know. They're oh, they're totally know. clickbait. And remembering that the algorithm for Facebook is emotion. It's hatred, it's fear, it's love, but it's emotion. So the mo the higher it is on the emotion um, spectrum, the higher it is on Facebook's algorithm. Yeah. So Facebook is just a machine to drive emotion for, guess what? Shareholder value, Facebook mm -hmm. stockholders, and all their advertisers. Mm -hmm. So it's really important. And I like the the point you make about becoming an expert. Like, yeah. like it's one thing to read a quick blip about something, but, you know, like, why aren't we all educating ourselves on climate change? Like, I want to know, and I'm terrified to even look into the literature on it because then I'm going to yeah, have to be right. faced with that reality. But, yeah. you know, like, I'm not an expert on it, so I feel like I can't talk about it. And the moment yeah. you don't have knowledge, that's the moment you lose your voice. But, yeah, and we, you know, we're not going to be experts like uh, like the professor over at the right. University of Montana who's been on the climate change panel, but, but just staying aware and monitoring information as it comes to you across the horizon, as long as you know that it's from a quality source. Right. Now, even like the best newspapers and news organizations in the United States have um, their own biases and you see those brought up from time to time but for the most part you know their general lines are pretty substantial so you know all of the major news has recently reported on the new climate change report well that came from a report yeah. um and uh and so it's all uh it's been fact-based, and and uh, there have been annotations, and you can go to those, and, and you can figure it out. So there's no way we can be an expert on everything right now. But just don't be a dummy. Right. And don't repeat everything you hear. <laughs> and these, these lines that are meant to demean whole demographics of people. So It's like... So in middle school, I know that wasn't too long ago for me, but it feels like a very long time ago for me. But in middle school, um, there was this thing, you know, some, some kid was like, if you put your hand up to your face and it's the size of your face, it means you have cancer. And oh, then so you Lord. would put your hand oh, so up to their sad. face and then they would hit your hand. Oh. So then it would, it would hurt your nose. Right. So, but literally this kid, I remember this kid came to school one day, said it and literally had the entire lunchroom like measuring their hands to their faces. And like that, I think is a perfect analogy. Yeah. Of, like, oh yeah, if you do this, like then this is going to happen. Or did yeah. you guys hear about X, Y, and Z? Like, yeah. you know, like we're stopping middle schoolers. Yeah. Stop yeah. hands and cancer. Exactly. Like, exactly. No. Yes. <laughs> Are know? we still in middle school? Well, yeah. maybe, but we don't have to, we don't have to be. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, generalizations, you know, the same thing yeah. is um, using generalizations for uh, populations that each, you know, as we started our conversation, each person is very complicated and come with a whole host of gifts and 
observations, expectations, experiences, and we have no idea what those are. Right. Right. And and as I'm sitting, as I get to speak with more and more people from, you know, I'm from Montana. Let's just be clear about yeah. this. I didn't grow up with a lot of diversity <laughs> in my life. You know, everyone is German and Irish. Pretty here, white. Pretty much, yeah. you know, like. So being able to sit down with people from different backgrounds, different cultures, different upbringings, you realize, yes, you realize there's some differences, but the more surprising thing is there's actually more similarities than I ever thought possible. 90% of our values are shared, and it doesn't matter where you are on any of the spectrums. We believe in the same things. We love our children. We love our parents. We want security in in our communities. We want to have warm homes and warm food and uh, safe streets mm-hmm. and you know secure transportation, stable uh, stable jobs and and this this friend was reminding me that uh, her Latino mother didn't didn't want like this this you know really high minded lifestyle. She she came here for safety and that's what she has. And she's very happy as a housekeeper, making her small salary and enjoying stability. And it's, and so our values are more, they're more often shared. Right. Right. You know, that's something I hope to like keep integrating into my life and hopefully the podcast is I want to get people from all different backgrounds And, like, share that story because if someone could just sit down with someone else from a different culture for 45 minutes and just sit there and deep listen, like, have deep listening, you realize, like, all of a sudden that us versus me, like, us versus them thing disappears within a couple questions. And it's we. Yeah. Yeah. It just became we. Yep. Exactly. And us. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So this last, these last two here, I can't read your hand. Oh, okay. Well, long. and it's partly my shorthand too. <laughs> Get involved with organizations. Oh, pay attention, stay informed, find the sources, but that's back to the other one. Okay. Um, get involved with organizations that help clarify the issue and not cloud it. In other words, um, we all come to our beliefs through biases. Mm-hmm. Um Find organizations, and you don't have to give them, like, money or a lot of time, but just pay attention to what they're doing and when they need your support. You know, if it means uh, going to, uh, uh, you know, a bowling tournament that they host or um, something like that, uh, give them props. Share their posts on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is. Um, uh, uh and I think Bozeman especially is, we are so lucky. We have so many grass, grass reds. And I mean that term, yeah. like quite literally homegrown. That's this, that's the base. That's right. the small L yeah. leadership. It's a small D democracy. You know, like it's, Sky Youth yeah. Empowerment is one. Yeah. And they are doing phenomenal work for yeah. at-risk youth. Yep. Haven, Haven Thrive. Yeah. The food bank, the yep. warming shelter. Yep. All of those things are all literally people saw a need. Yeah. in the community and we're literally like we're not we don't know how we're going to do this but this is yeah. our vision this is how we're going to help yeah. this particular demographic group fill this need and we're not going to wait for some huge government program to come in it's all 
little tiny leaders. It started with small L leadership and someone saying, well, I can make a difference here. And then maybe it's a bigger difference. And maybe they've looped in some more people. And then all of a sudden, it's a really essential part of the community. And the community says, well, we have to support it. And then you can do the fundraising to expand your your uh, ability to help mm. victims of sexual assault right. or uh, families and children. And that's why this office is so cool. Because mm. we have all of that here. We have it all. Yeah. yeah. And that's what's that's where small owl leadership can turn into big owl leadership. Well, and that's what you guys it's, are being. And that. that's why I'm so glad because, you know, here uh, I I get to see you when I'm sitting back in my rocking chair just reading for the next 20 years because I haven't read for the last 40. <laughs> you get to catch up on all, I the, do. all the novels, yeah. all the books. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like, it really is that little step-by-step, like, I have a dream, I have a plan, and if I consistently work at this dream every single day, I might not make progress on Monday, but I'll make progress on on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because I didn't quit on Monday. Yeah, it's baby steps. Yeah. And you don't have to do, like, huge strides. Baby steps get you there. Right. And that's how you change the world eventually, is is you don't give up and you just keep going. That's right. You know? That's right. Because I think yeah. everyone, I think everyone means well. Like, yes, there's some kids who go to school because of uh, the paycheck. Like, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to make money, and yeah. I want to make money. Yeah, you know. And you're like, okay, great, have fun. Yeah. Like, call. But here's here's my psychiatry card. Like in yeah. 30 years, when you're buying a yacht and you realize yeah. like money doesn't fulfill you. Yeah, the, like, the, the, have fun. The lot, the <laughs> yacht didn't fill the hollow in your heart. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I think the other half of the reason why students go to school is. They want to change change the world. They want to find their niche in the world and really just make it better and and find that one or two things that they can apply their life to and improve someone else's quality of life too. And that's why it's so exciting to uh, see you guys grow and, <laughs> and develop into the next band of leaders and professionals because you have seen so much and you're not done and you know how to find information and and you know you can get there. And it's resiliency. Resiliency, and that's what this uh, trio cohort is especially right. good at. And how cool is it for you as a leader, as connective tissue, yeah. to sit behind a desk every day and see these Just students come see in it happen. Dreams. I know. It's so fun. It is so fun. <laughs> it is really fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Elizabeth, I have one last thing, and this is... You know, sometimes I end the podcast certain ways, but I think this one's most fitting for today. But if there is one thing everyone could do or someone listening could do that would make the world a better place in your eyes, that would that would fill that little blip and that thing you're passionate about, what could they do to help with that besides voting? <laughs> listen to each other. Um, listen to someone that you're not used to listening to. Um, and uh, listen without judgment. So sit there uh, and ask why you can't hear their voice and ask what they're trying to tell you and interrogate that within yourself so that you can hear them clearly. 
Well, that's it. <laughs> that's not hard, is it? <laughs> no, you just have to be quiet and listen. You have well to be said. quiet. You have to uh, put your bias aside and um, and open your heart. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for spending time and sitting down and talking with me. Definitely thank appreciate it. Thank you, Becca. It's a, it's a joy. And um, I, I'm so excited about your podcast. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. I, I thank am you. a fan a girl. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, thank you. It's just, like we said, it's a work in progress. But, yeah, one day we'll, we'll have to reverse the roles and you can ask me all the questions. I would love that. For sure. I would love that. Yeah, definitely. Ooh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> thank you. And happy yeah. Valentine's Day. <laughs>